0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today we're going to be in Numbers chapter 13 and um, verse 1. I did my best to try to go in a straight line today, but I really couldn't do it, so You know put on your running shoes we're gonna be bouncing around just a little bit today in the scriptures Uh, but it's just the way it's gonna go and uh, if the screens don't keep up with me you can keep up with me by phone I'm gonna pray and we're gonna get started father meet needs today open eyes illuminate hearts and father we will give you all the glory we're so grateful for another 4th of July Father, the things that are going on in this nation, it's not certain sometimes, at least in the nature, if we're going to make it. But, God, we made it another year. And, Father, I'm believing we're going to make another 200, 300, 400 years. You're going to do great things in this country. And, Father, we pray for all those who have served this great nation, Father. Uh, I pray blessings on them, Father. We pray blessings on the United States of America, Father. We pray that your hand will continue to rest on us, Father, and and that you would do great things through this peculiar nation called the United States of America. We give you all the honor for what you accomplish. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. It had been just a short time uh, since God led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and Miriam sang with a tambourine on her hip, the horse and rider he thrown into the, the Red Sea. And, and we're going to discover in a moment that God was actually willing to do a very, very quick work, but, but sometimes the problem in our lives is, is not so much that God is slow to act, but that we are so slow to believe. And, and let me... Uh, let me confirm this. Let's go to Deuteronomy 1 and 2 and we're going to see a little bit of the back story. Verse 2, it is an 11 days journey for, from Horeb. Now Horeb, particularly in, in the book of Deuteronomy, was the name that Moses used for uh, Mount Sinai. Same place, just a different description. And we see here that there was an 11 day journey from the place that Moses received the Ten Commandments and, and the place that they set out to conquer the Promised Land. But as we all know, this 11-day journey ended up taking 40 years. And you know, this it, is important, if you get in a race, but if you don't move at the right pace, you may be able to say you ran, but you will never experience the joy of saying I won. And if I could say something to you today that I may not be able to say it in a super memorable way, but if it resonates in your heart, this could be one of the big takeaways today. It's not always that we've done the wrong thing. It's that we're moving at the wrong pace. And today, the modern contemporary church is all so complacent. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll end up doing it, but it will take us so long to get it done because everything's at our pace. There's no urgency. Yeah, he's the Lord, but he'll forgive me. He got it. And many times this is our attitude. And the problem is we're in the race, but we're not running to win. We're not running at the right pace. And I've learned in my life when God says do it, do it. We, we, we often say the opportunity of a lifetime, what? Only lasts for the lifetime of the opportunity. And when God opens the door, you have to go through that door. Or you may have to go around the mountain a few times before that door opens again. It is 11 days journey from Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, by way of Mount Seir, which was actually through the land of Esau, the land of the, the, the Amorites, to Kanish Barnea which was the southern border here of the promised land. So what we see and we're not Israelites so we don't understand all the geography so but 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 let me just capture it for you. What what we see here is they made it right to the edge, right to the border of, of everything God had promised. And God's plan A according to the scripture was to bring them into the promised land after an 11 day journey plan b would be the 40 years but but this is we're we're in the series renewing the mind because their thinking wasn't right because their minds were not yet renewed they had to choose or they chose plan b Like I said, a straight line's been tough this morning. Plan A was 11 days, but not because God was not willing, but because they weren't ready. Ready is not always a matter of geographical location, but internal orientation. There are some rooms that God wants to take us in, but because our mindsets have not shifted yet, he hasn't moved us into the room. And the problem is not that God is slow as much as we have been slow to enter. Are you still with me? I'm going to do the best I can today. 13.1. Let's get back. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader. Among them, So Moses didn't just send any old buster out on this, this mission here. He chose people with, with experience and major leadership responsibilities. And since this was a theocratic government, you kind of say that Moses sent out the lead pastors of the major cities. But we're about to see all pastors are not necessarily the same. Verse 3, so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of Moses. But here is the challenge when we read this. Uh, the Bible not only has one book, and God, he, he does, I, I don't understand all of God's mind, and there's a lot of reasons why he inspired the various books of the Bible, but, but it's not unless we look at each, each passage in light of the fuller message can we really understand what the book is, is saying here. So what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna go back to Deuteronomy for the backstory. How many are learning right now, okay? I know it feels a little bit more like Bible study, but we're learning. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 20. And I said to you, Moses was speaking, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which was Cadus Barnea in numbers, the same place again, just different subs- uh, descriptions, which the Lord our God is giving us. It had been a miraculous and, and just a wonderful and marvelous journey. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. So they were right at the brink of their purpose, right at the brink of, of destiny, right at the brink of next. And, and what Moses was saying is, hey, guys, we haven't come this far to only come this far. He said, now that you've reached this place, go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your father has spoken to you. So Moses is saying to the children of Israel, we have come this far. Listen, guys, we can do it. Then he adds, do not be discouraged. Why? Because they were going to see some challenges, and the way they reacted to these challenges would actually determine their destiny. Do not be what discouraged. So Moses was waving his pom-poms in the air. I know I don't do it well, uh, but he was like, be aggressive. Be aggressive. You know, what, what, uh, you know, whatever y'all do to get that done. So, you know, he was cheering them them on. If I did that too well, y'all get concerned, wouldn't you? But 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 watch, he, he, again, he's encouraging them and, 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 and cheering them. Watch what happened, though. Verse 22, here's the back story. And then every one of you came near to me and said, all of them, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us. So what we see in Deuteronomy was that the sending out of the spies was originally the people's plan. It was originally the people's idea. And this is what the people want. Every one of them, he said, all of y'all came to me. This was your idea. And you said, bring back word to us uh, of the way by which we should go up and of the cities into which we, we will come. Now, here's the challenge. After God had been nothing but faithful, after 10 plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, I mean, after thunder, lightning, smoke, sound of a trumpet in the great and holy mountain. Moses coming down uh, from the mountain with his face literally shining in the dark. Under the guise uh, of, of a practical reconnaissance mission, the people still wanted to ensure that the land was everything that God had promised. Now you're ready to read Numbers 13 and verse verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now we know that, that the people originally asked Moses. So what happened was Moses asked God, and God said yes. Sometimes the worst thing God could do is answer certain prayers. If you push for the wrong thing long enough and hard enough... God might give it to you. Y'all got real quiet. How many of y'all pray for so long that one day you get married? Then you got married. You say, Lord, give me the man of my dream. Then you got. All right, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep. Verse 17. Then Moses sent them to do what they had asked to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and watch this and see, and what see, can you point to your eyes and see what the land is like. The reason why this was typically in the Bible where you see 40 days, just like Jesus was in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, it was a test. Typically 40 days represents a test. So what he does is he sends them into the land to spy out the land for 40 days. Why? Because he's about to what? Test them. Now God never tempts us, but he does what? Test us. Now a teacher, after they give you the material, they will what? Test you on the material you you were supposed to have learned. So the teacher's not tempting you to fail. It's basically whether you were paying attention or not is going to determine whether you you pass test, okay? So God's about to see if they had been paying attention to, to what he did in Egypt what he did at the mount, and what they had learned on this journey to, to, to the mount, uh, or the foot of the mountains in, in, in the Amorite land, and see what the what land is what like. But here's what we must understand: the reason this was a test is because the eyes may look, but ultimately it's the mind that sees. We see with our minds. And sometimes we're crying out to God, God, can't you see what's happening? And God's like, don't you see what's happening? Moses told them to see what the land is like. The problems are, or the problem is that uh, 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 that, that, that our, our, our eyes are useless if our minds are blind. And if we don't first see with our minds, we'll never see with our eyes. Does anyone understand what I'm saying today? I, I couldn't get this easy this morning, but but I'm going this this journey. you got, the, the challenge is not what's necessarily going on in your life, but how you see what's going on in your life. The problem is not necessarily your spouse, but how you see your spouse. The problem is not necessarily you, but how you see. The problem is not, again, what you see, but how you see what you keep on seeing. See whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests or there are not. Their only job was to look and how they saw, determined whether or not they could enter into the next chapter. Does anybody hear beyond my poor preaching right now? This next chapter is not determined by whether or not God could geographically or physically get you there or in the room. It's whether or not your mind goes ahead. What you see of yourself, you will make of yourself. I am who this word says I am and I can do what this God says I can do. There are some places in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, and in your careers that you will never go unless you begin to see things differently. So, Moses is again speaking be of good courage. Again, his pom poms are up in the air, pushing back, pushing back, way back. (laughs) So, they, they went out and they, they, they spied the landscape of 23. Then they came to the valley of Eskal. These are the, 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 the spies. And they're cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carried it. I mean, this, this cluster was so large they carried it between two of them on a pole. That the size was absolutely amazing. The land was just like God said it was, flowing with milk and honey. The agriculture was was rich. Milk speaks of goats and and, and animals, you know, that produce milk. And today we would say cows. And it flowed with this. I mean, it was just you know that they, they didn't have to like. In, in Egypt they had to irrigate from the Nile to to get the water into the farms but this land God would open up the heavens and pour out the rain it literally flowed with, with milk and honey verse 23 then they came oh verse 26 now they departed and came back to Moses here the spies come back and and they told them and said we went to the land where you sent us Just like you said, Moses, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. You know, it's like, you know, God, uh, what what God said about the land is true indeed. And they they had literal proof, physical proof. Now, it wasn't a matter of belief. They could touch, feel, smell, and taste. And they literally saw this land is amazing, just like God promised Abraham, our father's. But then watch watch verse 28. Nevertheless... You can say, uh oh, now's the place to say, uh oh. Despite all that God had done for them in Egypt, despite all that God had done for them at that holy mountain, despite the huge pieces of fruit, and they also had pomegranates and, and figs and the rest. They, they, they had tangible proof that, that everything God had said about the land was true, but how did they respond? Because they saw with their eyes, but they interpreted with their minds. As you hear, Steve, you get it again? They saw the fruit with their eyes, but the problem was their minds. And there are things God has set before you. The problem is not the table that God set before the presence of your enemies, but the way you see it. You keep missing meals that could be yours in the presence of your enemies because of the way you think the problem is not our god the problem is in how we think nevertheless the people how many times have we walked away from god's best god's plan for our lives because of people and please i get it people can be scary hell you know people can be be scary but benjamin franklin said if you fear God, your enemies will eventually fear you. So as scary as people are, sometimes I have to make a choice. You or God? I remember and I tell you this story, and this doesn't harken back to you know, these sensitive days, people don't behave like this, but, but the neighborhood I grew up in, when, when things happened in the street and a child ran home, uh, often it'd be the parents standing in the door and saying, you have a choice, little one. You gonna fight that bully? that chase you in and you're gonna fight me. And most kids made the right decision. <laughs> and in life, God's like, you have a choice. You could deal with the devil or you could deal with me. And sometimes we make that wrong choice. The people who dwell in the land, this was their excuse. And you know, it, If you're looking for an excuse, you will find one. So the people have, I mean, God has done great things, great things. The land is exactly like God said it would be. But watch what they do. The people who dwell in the land are strong. But I mean, if they were really thinking, wouldn't they say, well, weren't the Egyptians also strong that God wiped out? The cities are fortified and large. Was not Egypt large? Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The the people, by the way, of Anak were considered giants. But didn't Egypt have the biggest and the most powerful army on the earth at that time? So instead of seeing the confirmations as, as God strengthening their faith they looked at every single detail with a lens that gave them an excuse and it's, well, I, I feel like I can't do this I'm not doing this well today but God has confirmed so many things in our lives I mean as the preacher said he has brought us from a mighty long way he has taken us through, through, through dangers and toils Unknown, and he has kept us. Yeah. But somehow he can't fix your marriage. Somehow he can't fix your finances. Somehow he can't get you a job. Somehow he can't meet your needs. Somehow God has abandoned. He has done all these things, but somehow you can't see a future. The problem's not God. The problem's you. I'm not talking to you, the neighbor, but the problem's you. The problem's right here between your ears. The problem's your attitude, your mindset. And God is trying to screw up the top of your head today and pour in a new attitude. The problem is not a lack of opportunity. The problem is your attitude. I wish I could preach this right here. There were 12 spies sent into the land, 10 of them came back with excuses. Only two had the lens to look at the promised land properly. So Caleb now distinguishes himself. The majority says, we can't do it. They give this, this knee-knocking report, and these are pastors by the way. And, When the people heard it, they began to murmur, they began to complain, they they got anxious. And Joshua, single-handedly, all by himself, calmed the crowd down. He wasn't getting help from nobody. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. You see, Caleb was from the Abel clan. He believed God was able. They all attended the same church where Moses preached. They all were on the same journey from the same neighborhoods, attended the same church. The only difference was their attitude about the things that they saw along the way. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer, For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.